Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mind Body Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Michaels, and hi, how are you? Thank you for being here with me today. I can't thank you enough for your continued support. If you know anybody or you have a friend who might be open to this message, please feel free to share. Um, Also, please feel free to give me some love on either iTunes or um, you can just show up in our private Facebook group, Mind Body Masters, and offer some love in there. And um, yeah, I can't wait to meet you. And uh, everyone who's in there so far is just so wonderful and supportive and um, questions that are posted are answered so quickly with just love. So thank you all for for being a part of that. And um, yeah, if you want to be a part of that too, please join up with us. Mind Body is one word. Mind Body Masters is the group. And so on the show today, I have a brilliant interview with uh, a client of mine. Um, Her name is Anne. And when I asked Anne how she would like to be introduced, um, she simply said, can you just say that I'm a random woman who's felt the best she's felt in 20 years? And I said, that is awesome. So yes. Um, So uh, Anne is also a wife and mother and grandmother. um, And Uh, just an amazing human being who has a 30 year long history with chronic symptoms. And so um, she kind of uh, gave a really abbreviated version of her symptoms at, at the start of her story. And at the end, she just said, she's like, you know what, I just want to mention that every single symptom that I had, whether it's fibromyalgia or chronic limes or scoliosis or the bulged disc. I believed every single one of them. And she kind of went down the rabbit hole of, of fear with the, every single one of those symptoms. So, so that's one thing that she wanted to mention. And, um, yeah, and there's a lot of wonderful little nuggets of wisdom in here for you guys. So I hope you enjoy. Here's Anne. All right. So I'm here today with Anne. Anne is a beloved member of our private Facebook community. She's a client of mine and she has graciously answered the call um, that I put out a couple weeks ago asking for people to come and transform with me on the air. So Anne, I cannot thank you enough for being here to share your story. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay. So Anne, I suppose we'll just start at the beginning, we'll start with your story, and I know that's probably a loaded, like, you know, uh, set of options for you. But you can just start wherever you feel called to start, and and we'll take it from there. Okay. So um, I have suffered with back pain for over thirty years. I'm just about to turn fifty-six, and I counted back when I first had my first episode of the back going out, so to speak, and it was around 25, um, so over 30 years. Off and on, um, always just thought it was um, a structural issue. I was diagnosed with scoliosis. Um, around 40, a lot of other things started popping up. I was uh, diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I had stomach problems. Um, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme. I had um, 
TMJ. I had this weird, bizarre um, symptom of smelling smoke, Mm -hmm. even when there wasn't smoke out there. Um, Bulging discs, um, benign positional vertigo, mold allergies, gluten allergies, uh, leg length discrepancies, Epstein-Barr virus, um, and my personal favorite was I had some foot and heel pain, and they told me I had not enough fatty deposits on the heel of my foot. <laughs> so, um, the laundry list of stuff, um, and honestly, my um, kids, I have adult kids, they, you know, one thing would get solved, another thing would pop up, and they just kind of thought, mm, mom just has a really strange body, mm-hmm. like, uh, I kept thinking that it must be something I'm doing, something I'm eating. Um, I had my water tested. I had the air quality in my home tested. Mm. I mean, I had a lot. I, I went through a lot of different things because it was so widespread, so constant, so hard to pin down. Um, the thing that brought me, though, to my knees, literally, was uh, back pain. Um, so in... And this is ultimately what led me to discover uh, Dr. Sarno and TMS. Um, So during all these uh, diagnoses, nobody is talking emotions at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in the summer of 2017, um, I was doing some just routine housework type stuff. um, And my back completely you know, seized up Mm -hmm. uh, to, I could not move and had to take to bed. Um, and the next morning I could not even get out of bed. I could not even go to the restroom. Mm -hmm. So, um, call my husband at work, you know, in panic, I can't get out of bed. I mean, I literally cannot get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to go to the bathroom. I mean, I thought we were gonna have to call the fire department. Um, and it was very, very scary, very, very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And that really started the kind of the, that was the beginning of this journey of saying, wow, there's something really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I obviously got myself to orthopedic surgeons and had MRIs and all of that I'd had before. I had them all again. Um it was very much a pinpointed, you just exact, I'd always dealt with like widespread pain. That's why the, you know, the fibromyalgia, chronic Lyme, mm-hmm. those things are kind of widespread. This was ex- pinpointed pain. I mean, it was a pinpoint accuracy pain, L4. It was like, boing, right there. Mm-hmm. When they did the MRI, I had a slight bulge at L5. And so I was like, that doesn't even compute. And they're trying to tell me in the office that this is the cause of all my problems. And I'm thinking, that's not even where it is. I know exactly where it is. And it's not there. Um, And that was pretty much the shadow of doubt that I needed to Mm -hmm. explore further. So when they started talking, you know, injections and surgery, I was like, mm, that's just, it's just not right there. It just isn't there. It's up here. Um, and so thank goodness for that because yeah. I probably would have gone on and had sur- surgery had it not been exactly the, the right place. 
And they, even the MRIs, they were not impressed with those MRIs. I mean, it was clear to me that they had seen much worse MRIs in that office than right. I was presenting. Um, and, and my pain was way out of proportion for what the picture was to them. And again, thank goodness for that because it made, um, my job of going and searching for what else it could be a little bit easier. And then when I came to the diagnosis of TMS, that was more believable. It was easier for me to believe, I guess, because mm-hmm. I had seen kind of that skepticism from the surgeon going, well, we can operate. It's, you know, <laughs> <is it?" laughs> I'm thinking, uh, you don't sound too convinced for a surgeon. Right, right. <laughs> um, so that's the laundry list of 30 years of bizarre stuff. Really, the back pain for 30 years, but um, for 15, all of the other. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you were dealing with that pinpointed L4 pain, well, first of all, how were you kind of um, you know, aware of the fact that it was L4 and not L5? Like most people, they're like kind of close and they did they point that out to you? I had been through so many different things before then um, that I that I knew those terms yeah. and I knew where that was. Wow. Um, and I could, you know, I had, had had MRIs before, so I knew what L4 and L5 was. Right. Um, and when I was pointing to it in the office, they're like, oh, yeah, it looks like L4. And I'm like, yep, yep, L4. I've always been a problem before. <laughs> and then, uh, lo and behold, the picture comes back, right? The MRI comes back. And they're like, yeah, you've got this slight bulge at L5. And I'm like, well, the pain is at L4. Ah, you even said so. Right. And they're like, well, it can radiate, yada, yada. Sure. So there sure. we go. Wow. And so what kind of brought you to the mind-body message? How did you discover that work? You know, honestly, it was Google, yeah. um, just searching, and I don't know why this time that Dr. Sarno came up for me. I guess it was the right time. Maybe he came up before. It certainly wasn't the first time I had been looking, mm-hmm. um, it, but it was, you know, this time I was ready to listen, or this time it was, you know, I, I couldn't... I, I was bedridden, so I couldn't do anything but search <laughs> um, right. and read. So, um, yeah. Another thing that um, m- made me more of a believer is back in 2017 when, you know, the big episode happened that took put me, you know, immobile. Um, my best friend had passed away mm. just days before that. And so I was like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Whereas before, I think that I was so out of touch with my emotions and so out of touch with my emotional state that I would not have entertained that it could be a mind-body connection. Right. But because of her loss, and I was feeling it so greatly, and I was, I, I was ready to receive that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so was the first book that you read Healing Back Pain or what was your first foray? My first book was um, The Divided Mind, which is oh. was not a good first book. Yeah, that's, a, that's the more complex <laughs> um, one. I thought, well, I'll read, you know, I'll read the last one he did. I'll read the most latest um, Oh, you know, sure. I think the first the first things I did was like, you know, I listened to YouTube interviews mm. and things like that. 
Um, but the first book I read was The Divided Mind, and it was, you know, it's quite textbooky. Yes. But I'm a, I'm sciencey, so I, I made my way through most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, the, the parts that really resonated with me were the personality description mm-hmm. um, and sort of this traveling pain that you can never, you know, you fix one thing and something else falls apart. It's in, within a matter of weeks something else would fall apart. Right. So um, those two things in that book really, really resonated with me. Um, and then I went on to read um, some of his earlier works, um, as well as Steve Ozanich and uh, Nicole Sachs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so what did your kind of healing trajectory look like? Was it, was it kind of a long road for you or, or how did it play out? It well, you know, it felt long at the time, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Feels like forever. It's not instant. Because <laughs> you, because you, right? I'm, I'm wanting a book cure. I, I, by then, I'd heard about a book cure, and I'm like, oh, sign me up. Give me that. But, but that was not to be. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, it was, but it, you know, as far as you know, compared to some other people, it was relatively quick. So I didn't really, um, you know, I. Yeah, it was relatively quick. It was within, you know, certainly within six or eight months, I'm Mm. feeling um, much better. And so um, it was not even, however, it was very uneven. Yeah. So there would be days that I would feel much better. I'm like, oh, I have got this Mm -hmm. licked. And then whammo, not licked at all. Mm -hmm. And and for no apparent reason, it did not seem. Right. Another thing that was really kind of interesting was when I had a lot of symptom imperative. um, And in fact, I still sort of do have, I'm I'm still, I consider myself a work in progress. I, um, by all means, and I still sort of have light symptom imperative, um, where, and it sort of revisited all those old places. Mm-hmm. So I had, you know, I had this benign positional vertigo. Well, one of the places it went to after it left my back was back to that vertigo. Ah. So it kind of revisited in one other place it went back to was stomach problems. Um, and even the other day, like a few weeks ago, I smelled faintly the smoky smell. I'm like, oh, no, we are not doing this again. <laughs> and, 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 and it did leave me then. Um, but it was it was it's interesting how it in, in my opinion, how it kind of recircled around to all those other spots like I could almost see um my neural pathways trying a different one. Well, this one worked before. Oh, dang. <laughs> she put up a roadblock there too. Well, this one worked. Yeah. <laughs> and every time it did that, that was my signal um, to to go back to my emotions, to go back deeper. Mm. Um, you know, why am I why am I dizzy? What has what has triggered this benign positional vertigo again? Um, what am I feeling? not only about it, but what, what brought it here, you know, what needs attention in my life emotionally, um, that my body is having to do this. Yeah. And so do you find that you're kind of getting better at doing that as you go along at like kind of tuning into your emotional needs, um, when you get those bodily messages? I am trying very (laughs) greatly. So I always know that it's, so I almost always 
I almost always know that it's something emotional. I don't always know what it is. Mm-hmm. So when you are out of touch with your emotions, when you've turned off your emotions, basically, and, and um, for you know decades, a lifetime, um, yeah. you you just can't go back and get it all right away. So, um, sometimes I have to dig and dig and dig there for a little while. It's like, okay, it's still not better. It's still not better. I'm still not at a place of peace, uh, yet with this, with an issue, for example. Um, and sometimes that'll be the issue. And sometimes, and, um, what I've noticed for myself anyway, it's one of the connections I've made is that, um, now my brain and and all of its wisdom has decided that there are safe emotional issues to go to Mm. and there are not less safe emotional issues to go to. So it's perfectly safe for me now to go to childhood, less safe for me to go to my marriage. Mm. So, um, and you can see why that would be right. Childhood is done. I'm 56. Um, and, and marriage is happening now. It's, it's, you know, I'm still embroiled in it, you know, still living with this person and still, you know, having a future with this person. Mm-hmm. So I, so you can see where it would be um, more uh, in my little mind, more of a danger place. Um, and so I did have to sort of say to my to myself and my brain, you know, that I don't think that's really it. You, you can you can, you know, journal about your father, but I think we've pretty much put him um, at peace, you know, I think there might be something else here. What kind of pattern? Um, why, why that, you know, what else is that bringing up? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's when I, when that started to happen, I really started to make connections with patterns in my life, like things that had happened in the past that happen again, Mm. um, almost as though you get a, a do over in life to do, to do better or, or to, or to, you know, be affected better by them. Yeah. Do you have one in mind that happened where it was like a situation from long ago that kind of resurfaced in a new way or just kind of? I have, yeah, I have, I have many. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the things that would be like foremost would be addiction. My father um, drank too much and, um, I had to kind of come, I had never really come to terms with that. And I still didn't even call him an alcoholic because I'm not, although I think that he was, um, so I'm maybe I'm at terms with that, but maybe I'm not, we never, you know, he never lost his job because of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I would never had to feed myself or clothe myself. So those kind of childhood traumas I did not have. But I did have, there was a lot of anger in the house um, and a lot of feeling uh, like I, I was out of control in my own house. And there was there was no safety anywhere, not even in my own home. Mm-hmm. Um, those total things replayed again when I had a child with addictive personality and mm-hmm. addiction. And so I went through this whole thing again with my own child. Um, and, it, and interestingly, it brought up all of the stuff that I hadn't healed from my father um, in a new way. And also I have, you know, new things here with, with the, you know, with a child suffering with this Um, and how scary it is. um, And to see a loved one out of kind of out of control and not 
not able to control their own life, even though they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just that's just one example. Yeah, I have I have many, <laughs> many that were. I'm sure. <laughs> interestingly, um, there was another thing that I've noticed is having to uncover layers. So there's and maybe anger for me was in layers. So there's you know there's anger there's anger layers about the childhood trauma around this particular thing there's anger layers that my child then um had this as well but there's also layers of my own um my anger turned inward that that I was not able to help my father and I was not able to help my own child oh that's um, so there was there's so I you know that took like many journaling sessions to get through that, right? It was not. It was not just one, one and done. I've got all right. the pieces connected. It was over months, you know, leaving it alone and then coming back again because something, you know, triggered it. Um, and I, I'm probably still not done with it. Right. Um, but, but just uncovering layers. And when I get to the bottom layer of, you know, something that's a pattern almost always the bottom layer was anger towards in turned inward. Right. So anger at myself that I didn't do a better job at it the second time around. Yeah. Like, you you know, like you should know how to handle addiction. Well, you grew up in an addict family, right? Oh my goodness. Well, no. Right. (laughs) So all that judgment, all that, just realizing that that's how you, that that's under, I, I would never have been able to express that I felt that way, but when it was uncovered, it was like, yeah, I absolutely feel that way. And it's, re- I know it's ridiculous, right. but that doesn't mean you don't feel that way. Absolutely. And so this, this unkindness to self, do you feel like that's been a, a pattern of yours throughout your entire life and you're kind of now just noticing it with this work? Totally, totally yeah. self-critical, totally, um, totally yeah, I'm unkind to self, right? I would not have myself as a best friend. Mm. I would not be married to myself, um, <laughs> you know, if, for the words that I say. And I would never have said that. I mean, I would I would never have said that I was a people pleaser before this. I mean, I was, if you, two years ago, if you'd asked me my personality, I would have said, I am, I do not get stressed. Uh-huh. I handle things well. I do not worry. I, I'm just lucky that way. I'm a positive person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, if there is a if there is a crisis, I am your girl. So <laughs> I can handle anything, and 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 I do. Uh, unfortunately, my body does not, mm-hmm. uh, and so <laughs> I, you know, never went back. Never learned how to go back and process the emotions that come after the crisis is done. And mm-hmm. so it's really, it's really helpful to not fall apart when there's a crisis, but eventually you got to yeah. let yourself do that. Right. And so you kind of mentioned journaling as something that you tend to do on your own kind of healing journey. Were there any other tools that you found useful? Yes. Um, I did. Journaling was probably my initial, way in um and the way i journal is um that i set my timer for 20 minutes um i have my little topic 
if I'm having trouble um, reaching the emotions around that topic, like I know there's something there, but maybe I'm stuck with it a little bit, I'll put on some music that might inspire me. Mm. Um, for example, an example there is I'm struggling with my faith. And we were on vacation in Canada, and there was all these beautiful Catholic churches there. And every time I went into one, I was overcome mm. with emotion. And so I knew that there was stuff there that I had not dealt with. And so when I wanted to get there, I would put on some beautiful um you know, nuns singing, right? Oh, funny. <laughs> so, you know, or, or, you know, organ music or something that would kind of inspire that That's to, to surface. Yeah. Um, um, so then after I journal, I burn it. Yeah. Uh, and that's really key to me to, to have it destroyed. Um, you know, there again, that's the whole safety thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very mindful of my family's um, feelings, and I would never want them to come across something that I had journaled in a rage about them when it was just an emotion I needed to get out. It right. was never would never be something I would necessarily say to them. Um, and so burning was is just really, it's just, I don't know, it just really touches me. I'm sure my neighbors think I'm, you know, part <laughs> witch. It's like a little cauldron out there and I got to go and burn stuff every day. Oh, but, my gosh. <laughs> um, and then I meditate um, after that. So um, I, I had tried meditation several different times in the past, never liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I do a guided meditation. I do it laying down instead of sitting up, which, you know, if you have back pain, that's a big treat to go lay down. Mm -hmm. So, um, in the beginning meditation was a way for me to lay down. Um, now I don't need to lay down in the middle of the day, but I still, I still do it that way. Um, just because for me, for my system, it shuts down better when I'm laying down. Um, and so I normally do a guided meditation on the subject that came up during the journaling. Mm. So the other day I was journaling about, um, feeling vulnerable and putting myself in more vulnerable places um, and allowing myself to feel vulnerable instead of having walls up everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And so I've been meditating then on vulnerability as well. Um, so that, so I kind of get a meditation that suits whatever I journaled about. That's that really helped. Um, honestly, just being, and this is probably the one thing that you taught me the most in coaching. It was it was a theme over and over again in our coaching sessions was just patience with self, mm. um, patience with the resolution of the symptoms, patience with getting to the bottom of some emotional um, baggage that I've carried around for years um, and just being it's, you know, the perfectionist. Of course, we want to be like, we're done. Right. Like, oh, I- conquered that but totally letting that go with myself um being being very patient with um and I've had some beautiful resolutions um in my relationships with other people and so by being patient and so um I think that that will happen with all my relationships now um just like I think that because I've resolved some of the acute uh pain that all my little nicks and knacks will get resolved um, with patience. So that's probably the 
the strongest one. Um, I added activities pretty early on, but um, I did it in my way. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I did it in a way that I felt was increased my safety. So um, yes, I'm you know back at the gym now, and I'm lifting weights, and I'm hiking, and but I didn't just blam go there. I didn't. Yeah. Um, so I was kind to myself that way. I did act activities, but maybe they were in the pool, right? Mm-hmm. So I and, and I liked the pool. It was summertime when I was healing, so um, that was probably the first sort of physical fitness activity that I added because it was weightless, et cetera. And I felt like it was safe. I think it's, I thought for me, it felt more important to have early success mm-hmm. um, than to go back full force and be bedridden again. Right. So that's, that's how I did it. Beautiful. Um, another thing that's really helped is um, realizing that for myself, there's a lot, you know, there are a lot of the personality traits I have, you know, you can go down and, you know, self-critical, one of, you know, the goodest, right? Mm-hmm. There's one on there that's not really talked about very much. And it's a huge one for me. And it was a huge kind of aha that took me from maybe say 50% healed to, you know, where I am now, or I consider myself, I mean, we don't like to put numbers on it, but right. 90 or plus healed, right? Sure. And that was, that was authenticity. Uh-huh. So... Um, there was a lot of fake it till you make it type people. And that did not, that did not sit well with me and my body and my mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, so if I told myself it's okay, when I knew it wasn't okay, that did not sit well. I had already been doing that for years and it was not working. Right. So I, or I forgive some, somebody when for a betrayal, when I did not forgive them, mm-hmm. that was not sitting well with me. And that I had to, I had to be okay with the fact that I was in process still. Yeah. That's beautiful. And, and be authentic with what I was still in process with. Right. And that has helped immensely. Yeah. And that has probably shifted all of your current relationships too, like learning how to show up in a more authentic way with both your husband and maybe your kids. Has that, have you noticed that change? It has. Um, I'm not sure husband is all appreciative of it. Oh, (laughs) I'm (laughs) sure. I I, I kid. Um, He's happy, of course, (laughs) that I'm not in pain. But, you know, sometimes when authentic self, you know, it's really nice to live with someone with a TMSer, I mean, TMSers make great mates um, because we're, you know, we're always nice. We're all we can handle anything. We don't overreact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're good, right? Um, and then when you start feeling your feelings, um, yeah, the the mate has to come face to face with the fact that their person is displeased. Yes, um, and we had to kind of relearn and are relearning how to relate to that in, in the now, mm-hmm. in the here and now, in the here and now. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm very grateful to my symptoms. This is another thing that came out of coaching with you. Very grateful to my symptoms in an authentic way. Before I was saying, oh, I'm grateful to my symptoms because I'm doing this work and it's so important. <laughs> and I was not at all grateful for my symptoms. Right, right. <laughs> um, because I wanted to be able to 
um, be that good, that calm, that worry-free without symptoms. Right. Right. So for a while, I was not at all happy that I had this. But now I can honestly say that I am grateful for the symptoms um, because it did get me to some truth. It did get me to learn about myself. Um, and it made me a much more empathetic person yeah. in, in general, um, which I felt like I was um, kind always. But empathy is different than just kindness. I agree. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Do you and also- it really did protect me in times of great stress. There had been times of great stress. There had been times where I had been so angry that, and this just was I just remembered this recently. What's interesting how it'll come when, when it's safe to come out, it'll come out. Mm-hmm. But I do remember being so angry in my life that I wanted to kill somebody. Yeah. Like I can, I could understand crimes of passion. I didn't kill anybody, but I could understand how you could get there. Yes. And, and that did protect me from that because I, you know, I, I didn't kill anybody and I'm not in jail. And, you know, so, <laughs> Thank so, goodness. Um, it's, it's it's good if that's if that's what it takes when somebody makes you that angry and there's and you've been betrayed to that level yes. um, to just get through life then then that's great um, the missing piece now is I've got to go back through and at when I am able go into that anger and and kind of work through it and sit with it and be with it um, a little at a time as right. I'm able to. Right. That's so beautiful. And so then do you find that um, like your relationship with your own body has changed quite a lot in this journey? It has. I'm very, I'm a lot more grateful to it. Yeah. Um, Like I'm not complaining about it anymore. I'm really grateful when it can do things. I'm grateful that it you know, that it can sit. I'm grateful that it can stand. I'm grateful when it walks me places. Mm. Um, and I also am much more in tune to where emotions reside in my body. It's, it's, it's kind of amazing. I didn't have more stomach problems than I had because I almost always feel, um, the tension of, of anger or, or betrayal or hurt in that stomach area across that. And it's almost like a, boa constrictor just wrapped around um so some somatic tracking has has taught me that and i can go there really quickly now um and and sometimes that'll be interestingly that'll be the clue i'll feel that tightness that'll be the clue that there's emotions that i haven't dealt with yeah it'll it'll be where i felt it before when i was dealing with those same emotions it's like oh okay um, so yes, much more grateful for my body for little things, um, and big things, mm-hmm. um, but also more in tune with it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not trying to harm you, you know, it's just kind of trying to communicate through you. And so the fact that you're willing to listen now is just such a beautiful gift. Well, and I hold a lot of tension the, the, the TMS with tension being the first word that is so descriptive because I just hold a lot of tension Yes, uh, and just realizing that I'm just, I'm not even necessarily know that I am tense. I'm just holding it. Um, whether it's in my jaw or my neck or my arms, I'm just, I'm just holding this tension. Yeah. Um, 
just from living, I guess. And, and so to, to know then that I, I need to shut off, I need to go, you know, I need to take a, a bath tonight, um, and, and kind of soak or, um, do something kind, something to take my mind off of it, read a good novel that's has nothing to do with anything yes. and it's total escapism. Um, that's, I, I'm, I'm listening to those cues a lot more. Yeah. That's so lovely. And so, um, you know, your journey kind of took longer than you would have liked. Um, do you feel like there were any big sticking points as to, um, why that was for you? Like any aha moments that you had around the length of time, what was kind of keeping you stuck? Do you feel like? Fear was keeping me stuck. Yeah. Fear, 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 fear. Um, and, you know, if I'm stuck, you know, if I have symptom imperative now, it's it's fear again. And fear of the pain, mm-hmm. fear of what the emotions might bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just a lot of fear. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Do you feel mm-hmm. like now, um, if you were to have like a symptom rich day, say tomorrow, um, would that fear be there like it was, you know, or, or, yeah, 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 yeah it, no, would be. it would not, it would not be the same. Yeah. Um, even the, even the, the, the symptom imperative I get like all over my body, like it's an elbow aches or, mm-hmm. um, or I get that dizzy thing or, um, the smelling smoke thing that I had a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I'm pretty able to just almost laugh at yeah. that and go, okay, all right. You're trying to tell me something. Not sure what it is. I'll get to it later. Yes. Can't get to it right now, but I will. <laughs> I hear you body. I will. Yeah. I'm in the grocery store. Can't do it right now. <laughs> um, but when I have the, I, and, I, and I'm almost grateful, like when it's anything except that pinpoint mm. back, when it's that severe, where the severe pain that took me down, where I could not move. When it's anything but that, I'm happy it's anything but that. Yeah. When it's that, when that little niggly spot happens again, <laughs> and it does, not in a way that I can't move, but it talks to me. When it talks to me again, then I still have to, I have to talk myself through the fear. I have to say, I have to really say, okay, I cannot be afraid of this. I cannot not do what I'm doing today. I cannot, uh, I take care of my grandson four days a week and he's Mm -hmm. two and a half. I cannot not lift him today because I have that back pain. I've got to go ahead and do it. I've got to. Um, I've got to go ahead and play on the floor. I've got to go ahead and go to barbell. I've got to go ahead and push a shopping cart, um, whatever it is. Right. So all these things that were triggers before to pain. Um, I know the neural pathways recognize it. I know they remember that that caused pain, but they use that before. And I really have, that's the one I have to really battle. And it's a very conscious effort on my part to battle it. Yeah. And that kind of shows up just every now and again on a certain day and then it's okay after that, or how does it usually pan out? You know, it hasn't shown up for a, um, a, a few months, yeah. several months. Um, but when it was showing up before, that's, that's right. It would just sort of make its appearance. It would talk to me. And, and I would, and I even said, okay, you're talking to me. 
Um, I'm going to do these things anyway because I'm not broken. I might have to go and read my Sarno like list of, you know, <laughs> reminders. Right. Um, and, and I would have maybe a, a, a more intense journaling session or maybe I would do a double that day. And within a day or two, it would be gone. Yeah. Yep. It would be gone. And um, lots of times just. Um, you know, you, you talk a lot in the podcast, um, and, and other things about leaning in. I wasn't ever sure what really leaning in looked like for me, but, um, just doing one of those somatic tracking around that pain, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, what does the pain look like? What color is it? What, you know, is it, is it got a form? Um, can you, can you see yourself outside of it? Um, looking at it, what does it look like? Um, does it move now? So those sort of meditations, and that's, I'm not very good at that. You, I have to do a, a guided one. I'm not too good at doing it myself, but I'll sure. do a guided meditation on, on that sort. Would really help lessen it. Would yeah. really, really help lessen it. Yep. Yeah. It was amazing. It is me. so amazing. I think somatic tracking is like one of the gems of this work because it it literally is an exercise that has you looking at your pain head on and kind of mm-hmm. diving your awareness into it. And in that action of just kind of bringing your awareness to it, your brain is like, oh, she's not afraid of this. Like, oh, this is not danger. Like, let's turn down the danger signal and it can literally dissolve in the moment. So did you learn the somatic tracking from Alan Gordon or was that a Peter Levine thing for you? I first heard it from Alan Gordon, um, it, it, and I can even hear his little, you know, words of just poking your head around, <laughs> <laughs> just looking at it like you're looking at fish in an aquarium. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now I do, I do some guided meditations. On, I use Insight Timer. I'm a real mm. Insight Timer fan, and so I'll do some guided meditations on there. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's. It, it works better for me when someone else is talking to me about it. Yes. You know, now if I'm out hiking and I get pain across my middle back, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's nobody there. Right. So I got to do it for myself then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and it works then too. It just doesn't work as well as when someone else is <laughs> on you. <laughs> Maybe with time. Yes, Maybe with time yes. and practice. I'll be patient with myself. Yes, I think with anything, it's just like a muscle that you build, you know, along this journey. And the more you get used to kind of tuning into yourself that way, the easier it gets down the road. So Mm -hmm. um, so, um, we're kind of hitting uh, the 40-something minute mark. So I, in the effort of saving time, we're going to start to wrap things up. Um, So I guess if you were to meet someone on the street who is, well, they'd probably be in their beds, actually. But if you were to meet <laughs> someone dying in pain right now um, and scared, what what would your one piece of advice be to them? My one piece of advice would be to have faith in doing the work. Mm. Just to go ahead and start it and start it the way that you feel like you can. Yeah. So if if you don't feel like you can go back to the gym tomorrow and lift weights and pretend like your back doesn't hurt, that's fine. Yeah. But to go ahead and to start down the path anyway, because you can't um, run the marathon doesn't mean that you can't still 
start the start the work as far as emotional work. Another thing I would tell them is that this is very hard work. Mm. If you, if you are not working hard, if you're not willing to cry daily <laughs> at, at odd hours, yes, yes. <laughs> if you are not willing to go dark, if you are not willing to go deep, if you're not willing to be persistent at it, if you're, if you only want to do it for a month and then, and then take a break, um, then, then this is not, this is not the, the job for you. It's not the time for you yet. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's what it took. I mean, it really, it was very hard work. It, yeah. you, I, it was very hard work. It was, it was hard work. Yeah. It was, and I saw stuff I didn't want to see, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously. Yes. Um, yeah, obviously. And there, and there may still be there, there may still be stuff in there and, and not to be looking, I would say another thing was not to be mining for the one nugget that's going to change uh-huh. my life. Yes. Right. And that's probably not the case. <laughs> right. And if it is, it's probably unconscious and you're not going to be able to get there. Right. So, um, but there are a whole bunch of other, you know, there's a lot of gold there. That's not just one nugget. Right. There's a lot of gold in the ore. Yes. Uh, and so to just keep mining. Yeah. Keep, keep trying. Keep trying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such beautiful tips. I love, I love the not searching for the one magical phrase that is going to suddenly wipe it all away. You know, I think everybody's kind of looking for that secretly. <laughs> and so right. to, to know that it's like, it, you don't need to figure it out. It's all unconscious anyway. Like that's just such a beautiful thing to keep in mind. So thank you for that. So, um, all right. Well, Anne, I just can't thank you enough for sharing your story with me here today. Um, any last words before we say goodbye? Um, no, I think that just finding what works um, for you, you know, you know, obviously you're listening to others, but then um, maybe that doesn't work for you and not being afraid to say that does not work for me. So look back, I'm back to my authenticity yes. thing. Yeah. Right. So faking it till I made it. Um, I tried that for a while. It did not work for me. And right. so I, was, I felt fine setting that aside um, and realizing that that actually was making it worse. Right. Um, right. That was, that was not, that was not leading me to where I needed to go. Right. Um, I can see why it does work for some, but it, it was not, for Anne, for whatever reason, for my personality. And that is fine. It's not a cookie cutter mm-hmm. um, resolution here. We didn't all get here the same way. Right. 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 So we're not all going to get out the same way. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for being here with me today. I just can't thank you enough for taking the time. You're welcome, Caitlin. It was a pleasure. Yay. All right. We'll talk soon. 